Welcome to Illuminating the Scriptures, a study of Nevi'im. In this series, we explore the words of the prophets and delve into the meaning and significance of these sacred texts. Sefer Yeshaya, the book of Isaiah, chapter 8, verses 1 through 8. This passage is a continuation of what we learned in chapter 7. In chapter 7, the prophet was addressing a situation that happened in his time, in the time of Ahaz. Ahaz was a wicked king of the house of David. He was being threatened by the king of the northern kingdom, the ten tribes. That's Pekach ben Ramalio. And he was at the same time, together they were Ritzin, the king of Aram, which is present-day Syria. These two kings were threatening him. And in chapter 7 we learned that God is telling him that they won't succeed against him. This prophecy is a continuation of addressing the same situation, the same threat, and we're going to learn more about that situation. Verse 1, And the Lord spoke to me, Take for yourself a large scroll, and write upon it, in the handwriting of the simple person. In other words, the prophet's being told to write in the handwriting that anyone could read. And this, this, he should write the following words, Lamaher shalol chashbaz, quick to booty, hasty to plunder. End of the verse. In other words, he's going to write these words on the scroll in a writing that everyone could read, and the words will be quick to booty, hasty to plunder, meaning to say is that there's going to be a plundering and a robbing of one king to another, it's going to be happening in the near future. Verse 2. I had testify for me trustworthy witnesses. the priest. And another person. So these two people are being called to testify. One way of understanding it is that these were people that lived in the days of Ahaz and Yeshaya. And these people signed on that document that he wrote, and somehow they're, they're testifying that, telling the people uh, with their signatures that uh, Isaiah indeed wrote this. Perhaps people would have doubted that, or perhaps they didn't even sign it. They just told people Isaiah did this in the presence of these two public figures, and they will uh, publicize that Isaiah wrote this, that Yeshaya Navi wrote this. Another way of understanding it is I will have testify on my behalf faithful or trustworthy witnesses is not the prophet talking. It's still God talking and God is telling the prophet that in the future he will have trustworthy witnesses testify on his behalf and then this will be a prophecy into the future and this is one way of understanding this. Our sages bring this understanding down. It's not clear if this is a pshat that they understood on the simple, straightforward meaning level, or this is a deeper drash. But the point would be is that God is saying that what's going to happen now, what he's predicting now, and what's going to happen in times of Ahaz will be replicated in the future. And the prophecies of Uriah Kayin in the future and Zechariah ben Yiberechio in the future will, uh, will tell us the play out of 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 these events in the future. So this is another interpretation of verse 2. 
according to that interpretation, Uriah Kayan was someone who prophesied the destruction of Jerusalem in the times of Tzidkiyo, the last Davidic king. And Zechariah was someone who prophesied the restoration of Jerusalem, which is a parallel to what's going to be happening over here, is that there's going to be a, a threat to the Jewish people, a threat to the dwellers of Jerusalem, and salvation. Verse 3, Vo'ekrav el I came close, I drew near to the prophetess, which is understood to be the prophet's own wife. Vatar she became pregnant, and she gave birth to a son. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, call his name, Maher Shalal Chashbaz. The name of the child will be quick to booty, hasty to plunder, which was the same words that in verse 1, Isaiah wrote on the scroll. So here, Isaiah has been given a son, and the name of the son signifies a prophecy, which we had earlier in chapter 7, where one of Isaiah's sons is called Immanuel, God is with us, which also signifies another aspect of this prophecy. Verse 4, Ki biterem hanar, before the child will know, kiroi aviv imi, to call father-mother, in order to, while the child is still yet very young, Yisa, he will carry away. It doesn't specify who will do the carrying away. Eschel Damasek, the wealth of Damascus, Veshlal Shemrein, and the booty of Shemrein, Samaria, before the king of Assyria. The point is, these are the two kings that are threatening Ahaz. The king Ritzin, the king of Damasek, Damascus, and Pekach, the king of Shemrein. And he's saying these two kingdoms will be crushed by the king of Assyria while the child is still little. So the, the, it, it seemed like the child was born in the days of Ahaz, and Pekach and Ritzin were both crushed by the king of Assyria in those days. Verse 5, And the Lord continued to speak to me, saying, Verse 6, Because this nation has despised the waters of Shiloyach. Shiloyach was a stream right outside of Jerusalem. That move slowly. And they find joy. They find joy with Ritzin, who was the king of Damascus, who Venerim that's Pekach Venerim who was the king of the northern tribes. So here we get, we're getting an insight into what we learned in the last chapter, in chapter 7, and what's going on over here. The Davidic kingdom represents a certain type of human kingdom here on earth, and it's a unique type of kingdom. It's the only human kingdom that God chooses and favors. This is the king after God's heart, David. And those who follow in his footsteps, his descendants, are all a continuation of that kingdom. And it has it, it, it stands for something. The basic idea of the Davidic kingdom is, is that this is not a, a situation of one human being lording over another human being or over other human beings. Rather, it's a kingdom in which all human beings are encouraged by the king and motivated by the king to submit themselves to the kingdom of heaven, to the kingdom of God. The people had despised this type of kingdom. The, the, this kingdom is described over here as the waters of Shiloyach that travel slowly, that move slowly. They move slowly because they're not aggressive. They're not, 
the, 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 what people expected of a king is to be a powerful person, someone who pushes people around, who knows how to step on people, who knows how to throw his authority around. And that's what they saw as a king. And that's what Ritzin represented to them and Ben Ramalio represented to them. These kings, the king of the northern tribes and the king of Damascus, of Aram, were kings that ruled in the way kings were expected to rule in those days. And this soft approach of the Davidic kingdom, the waters of Shiloh, the waters of Shiloh is a stream right outside of Jerusalem. Solomon was anointed at that stream. And this, this therefore represents the kingdom of Judah, the kingdom of, of the Davidic kingdom specifically. And they, the, the, the stream is a soft, gentle stream. And it was a type of kingdom that the people didn't like and they despise it. They felt this is not the type of kingdom we want to be associated with. And we'd rather be associated with a type of kingdom that's represented by Ritzin and Ben Ramal Yehu. And it's, it's very possible that Ahaz himself, not possible, that's, that seems to be part of the message of the prophet, is that Ahaz himself, who was a Davidic king, despised his type of kingdom. He was a king who went after idols and he admired the idols in Damascus. In other words, he himself despised the concept of the Davidic kingdom. And they they were looking to other kings and other types of kings to be, this is what we want. This is how we want our country to be run. And that's why God had brought the threat of these two kings upon them. But even though they're going to be saved from that threat, we're going to move now on to verse 7, God is going to say, but because you chose a different type of kingdom and you were not happy with the kingdom of the house of David, therefore another threat is going to come their way and it, it, things are going to be, uh, they're not going to be so easily saved from that threat. Verse 7, V'lochein, therefore, Hine Hashem, behold God, the Lord, Ma'ala Aleichem, Aleichem, is going to bring upon them it you know, was bring upon the people who despised the Davidic kingdom, Esmei Hanahar, the waters of the river, Hatsumim, the mighty, Varabim, and the, the, the powerful, or the many, Esmelech Asher, the king of Assyria, Veskol all of his glory, Va'ala al it will overflow all of its riverbeds, Va'alach al will overflow all of its banks. The concept over here is, is these people, they saw how what the Davidic kingdom represents. Uzio and Yaisam were both righteous kings of the Davidic kingdom. Uzio erred with with his trying to take the high priesthood at one point, but in general he was described as a righteous king. Yaisam was a righteous king. And the Davidic kingdom in general represented, even though there were many wicked kings in the Davidic kingdom, but the concept of the Davidic kingdom still represents a soft, gentle approach to authority and to ruling and it represents a loyalty to God. These people were looking for powerful kings, kings that live by the ideal of survival of the fittest, the strongest, the physically strongest, the most socially strongest, the most militarily mighty. He's the one that should survive. So God said, okay, if you're interested in that, let me show you something mighty. The king of Assyria, who put all the other kings that were aggressive and were mighty to shame. And you'll get the king of Assyria. I'm reading verse 8. V'cholav b'yehuda. He'll pass through or come upon Judah. Shatav avar. He'll inundate. Since we're using the the metaphor of a river, shatav. He'll inundate. He'll flood. Avar and sweep through. Ad savar yagia. It will reach the neck. The, the 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 metaphor is when a person in a river and the waters reach his neck, he's in danger of drowning. The point over here is the king of Assyria is going to come through the land of Judah and he's going to reach the neck, which is 
the you know the point of life, which is Jerusalem itself. And the prophet is implying that he will not capture Jerusalem. He'll only reach Jerusalem. And in the times of Hezekiah, indeed, the king of Assyria, his army was killed by by the angel by the gates of Jerusalem. But they reached Jerusalem. They swept through the whole Judah and they captured the entirety of the country. Vaya mutais knafav, the the spread of his wings, meloy roichav artzcha, will be the fullness of your land, the full width of your land, Immanuel. Here we're addressing Israel as Immanuel, that child that was born to Isaiah, that was given the name God is with us, again signifying that there will be a salvation because God is with us, but because they desire this type of kingdom, a kingdom of survival of the fittest, of let the strong win, so God is going to punish them by bringing upon them a truly strong king, the king of Assyria, at least physically strong in the human sense, and he's going to devastate the land. He's going to devastate the land that people will feel what it tastes like to be under such a king.